It's always, it always sounds rude, Golden Tonsils. Doesn't it? It's not at all. 102.8. No. Is that John Laws? Is he Golden Tonsils? Who is Golden Tonsils? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's John Laws. Yeah. Uh, we had a golden microphone as well. That is pompous, isn't it? Having golden tonsils would do you be. Think, do you think that's where Alan Jones wants to be? Like, do you feel like that's, that's, that's all Alan Jones has wanted in life and he's getting angrier and angrier as he gets older because he's just not getting there? I used to work for Icentia and part of the job, not my job specifically, but was listening to talkback radio. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I'd fill in for people that did that and you'd get a roster and you might get, sometimes you might get an hour of talkback Alan Jones. I, I would last 15 minutes before but wanting to throw something out of the window. So hang on, what was, how, what was the job? So media monitors, so people... But what do you have to... What, so they're like, what are you looking for? They're summarising all the... Everything on radio to basically check. So someone rings up Alan Jones and says, Telstra bloody disconnected me and, you know, I can't ring and I'm sick, whatever. Right. And that goes out to 100,000 people. Uh, yeah. How are you calling me today, sir? <laughs> <laughs> so that wasn't a real call today. Okay. That was right. me. <laughs> and it was a lady. Okay. <laughs> it was doing a lady voice. I couldn't assume. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow, sexist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then that would be a disaster. So then Telstra would have to... So like, so something like Alan Jones is really high priority because he's controversial. He says stuff. Yeah. So if any company or politician is mentioned, they need to be... Aware of it. Yeah, and they need to be ringing back immediately. So there's a media monitor, you... Not me anymore. Well, no, but you then. Yeah. That would go, oh, Alan Jones has mentioned Telstra. Yeah. And so you go, brruh, brruh, hey, Telstra. So, so they'll be they'll be summarising it. Yeah. There'd also be the account teams. That, right. you know, so, so Telstra would have you know, someone that looked after them pretty closely and yeah. they would probably have radio in the background or they'd be checking all the summaries oh. as they're going to air and then they'd see that, oh, shit, and they'd ring up Telstra, say, hey, you've got about it. You've got a PR nightmare coming. This is just hidden. And then there's some shows that they monitor the next day, you know, yeah. middle of the night shows or... And there's a lot of background jobs, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but people... And yeah, monitoring talkback radio, oh, you just... You'd go, you'd go nuts. It's, it's so horrible. Yeah, no, it You'd have to, like, insane. approach it with a totally different mindset, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't really absorb it so properly. When, <laughs> so my job there for a while was press reading uh, overnight, so from 11pm to 7am. So right. when the newspapers are coming in, we're reading the papers and then... When the Telstra exec or whoever gets to right. their desk in the morning, they've got the you know, summary of events. The, the oh, I thought that's happening. what they had secretaries for. Yeah, so then the secretaries aren't sitting up all night reading. <laughs> Why not? They're re- reading the the Bernie advertiser. But then they haven't got their secretary from nine to five. I yeah. guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, and one of the ones we'd read was the Weekly Times, which is a the Weekly Times hundred pages of farming. <laughs> Um, the only reason anybody ever reads the Weekly Times is when the Royal Melbourne show's around yep. and it comes in your show back. Yep. Or when the Denny Utemaster's on and they have <laughs> uh, three or four weeks of pictorial spreads and that is amazing. Yeah, that sounds pretty tight actually, <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I, I leaned into it because it's like, well, it sucks, but... We're, How we're, much can I learn about farming? Well, and, and also like, there's not that many farming clients. So, you know, we're measured on KPIs. So I'm like... Yep. If I just jump into that, no one else wants to read it. Yeah. Smash out, get used to those clients, and then I can just boost my numbers. Yeah, right. And then I got into like, I'd look forward to the tractor reviews <laughs> and like the machinery. And like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. So like, and the Diddy Ute Buster. And there'd be there'd be recipes, there'd be little comics. So I got quite into the Weekly Times. <laughs> is this still? Is it, they still it press? I might yeah. buy one on the way home. Actually, it's a, it's a pretty, um, it's a pretty big newspaper. You, you, Why? Yeah, like farming. farming. Yeah, you're gonna have to so wait till September when the Melbourne show comes around. <laughs> yeah, right. 
You um, get to say it again. Or when the Denny Ute Master's on, because it's going When find is the it. Denny Ute Master? I feel like there's an ad for the Denny Ute Master. I can't remember. Uh, we've talked about going, we've got a Ute. <laughs> Opportunity. Yeah. I tell you what, the first craft beer brand that gets on board there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. You'll be promptly ignored. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, are they not the target audience? Oh, there's probably some crossover, but I think uh, your, your bourbon premix is probably the way to go. You think, su- pre, you think premix king runs an ad in the uh, yeah. Weekly Times? That'd be if the Sunny Cowgirls song about the Denny Ute Muster is anything to go by, or Kicking Up B and E Style, also by the Sunny Cowgirls, good songs. Uh, they like their, I think, rum and coke. Right. Mm. I believe it, yeah. Yeah. So no mango goes as being sold no. at the Danny Ute Master. No. Uh, I think, is this an intro to the show? I think it is, yeah. Hi, Aaron. <laughs> Hello. How are you going? I'm good. Aaron Firth Donato from... That's me. Aaron Firth Donato or just Aaron Donato? No, um, that's that's my real name. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by Josephine. You're exposing me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, by Josephine. That's that's Pi- also me. Pie Thief. Pie Thief, that's me. And... And Trouble in Dreams. What is Trouble in Dreams? Um, it's a cocktail bar behind Pie Thief. Cool. Which is next door to Bar Joe. Which is next door to Bar Joe's yeah. People have been calling this the Donato Quarter. Oh, what's great? Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> it, has, it has come to my attention. I like it. It's yeah. like mobbed up sounding. That's yeah. sweet. <laughs> How are you going, Dave? Very well. What's the news? Uh, I just lost at Trugo, but I high scored for our team. So. Nice. You're the best loser. Yeah. You are the best donut. Yeah. Mm. I had a uh, sausage and bread after the game. Oh, oh, yeah. I put a little bit of sriracha on the bottom. Onion. They sausage. thought you were a maniac, surely. Nah. No. So encouraged. Oh, nice. encouraged. Um, so what, do you, what do you call a sausage and bread when it's not at Bunnings or at an election? Just a sausage and bread. Yeah, right. Someone called it a sausage sandwich. And I just, oh, that's no. That's no good. Not that no. That's too many S's as well. Yeah. 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 It's not a sandwich. That's not a sandwich. Yeah. Correct. If you gave that to the Earl of Sandwich, <laughs> like furious. Yeah. Clearly not oh, what I yeah. asked for. No. <laughs> Take this back. Uh, so we're here at Bar Joe. Mm-hmm. Not too far from my house. This is somewhat one of my locals. Yeah. Oh, one of your locals. From my house. House. I don't really go out that much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when I do, it's one of you two, Donnelly. Very nice. Uh, you've just had a birthday. Mm, our third birthday. So like 15, years? 15 years away from being legal. Um, yeah, it does feel, it feels shorter and longer at the same time. Um, it feels like we've been here forever, mm. uh, but three years have whizzed past. Mm. Yeah. Can you, I guess, so Footscray three years ago was not Foot- the Footscray that it is now in some ways, is it? Yeah, no, it, 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 it has rapidly changed. And when we, when we moved into Footscray as a, as a business... Um, it had, I grew up in Brunswick, um, and when I was growing up in Brunswick, Brunswick was slowly changing into a, uh, gentrified, um, uh, suburb, which, which basically just means it was going through a process of renewal. Um, but what happened in Brunswick over decades happened in Footscray over a couple of years. Mm. And, and that's, that's really what I saw with, with us, us moving in and, you know, bringing in a, I wasn't I wasn't the first bar, um, but I was. We were certainly on the crest of a of a of a wave of of bars moving into the area. Um, and what what's 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 been really good about it is that each bar has been different. Like we've had the Night Heron beat me by a month in in opening. Um, Littlefoot was here a year before we were here. Um, and then Mr. West opened in Sloth. 
Um, and there's other bars. <laughs> I apologise if you're listening and I, I haven't mentioned Cheeky, you. Cheeky Pint. Cheeky Pint. Um, um, which I should is say is probably another one of my, my regulars. Yeah. Well. I like the food. The food's really good. Yeah, the food's great. Um, good Palmer. Nice. Really good Palmer. Huge Palmer. Mm. Like, just, just like the size of your face. Yeah. Yeah, each one of those bars you mentioned. Do, does bring something. Yeah, they all different. bring they all bring something something different. And um, the, we've you know we've had all the apartments go up, all the apartment com- complexes uh, go up, and they're continuing to go up. There are so many being built right now. So many, um, which is genuinely great. Like if if people are willing to live in boxes on top of each other, that is genuinely better than urban sprawl. Um, I I. Growing up and like being a lover of old architecture, I always hated when big old houses would get knocked down and they put four houses on the block. But now it's like, well, you know, I'd prefer to maintain some of our regional <laughs> land. Well, so yeah, that's I saw a statistic like Melbourne. Sorry, sorry to push it into no, like this a is, this is, I don't, different. Look, I don't understand demographics or, or uh, I don't know the 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 ins and outs of gentrification, but. The Melbourne's one of the largest cities in the world by geographical size. Yeah, I think it's the fifth. Yeah, yeah, for three, four million people. Yeah, with, with crazy. Yeah, with no population. Mm. Yeah, because we were sold, we were sold this Australian dream of of a double fronted house with a backyard and a hills hoist, which just doesn't exist anymore. Like that, mm. that dream is is not something that we aspire to or should aspire to. Really, it's. It's a in a in a in a world that is ever expanding, to have that much land for no purpose mm. is kind of selfish. Don't know if you guys are aware that uh, Barnaby Joyce and Matt Canavan have started a podcast called Weather Board and Iron. Oh, amazing! Uh, which is the exact opposite of what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> and like, literally, I listened to the first one because um, I hate. Good things that I love trash, <laughs> um, and they're talking about that exact, you know, with the board and iron yeah. house, and that's what every Australian wants, and that's you know, that's the dream, and it's like, that's not really true, and it's, it's not. No. It's, it's a picture of Australia that's that fifties, definitely image, which yeah. I just doesn't, you know, it exists. Sure, there are people that that live that, and, and that's great, a, and in an unpopulated land, that's fine, yeah. but that's not what we are. We're not an unpopulated land, and a lot of our land is unpopulatable. Mm. So the bit that is needs to be uh, dealt with in a kind of sensible and efficient manner. Mm. It's got nothing to do with beer. No. Is this what this well, podcast no, I, is? I think I think it does <laughs> because you know, the, the, laying a bit of a foundation. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I mean, the, the gentrification word is is one that I'm sure you hear synonymous with craft beer yeah. really yeah. And, and Footscray like I think uh, if, if the, the word gentrification gives me the shits and so I, I I get annoyed using it because it's not like we're not pushing anybody out the the bars that have moved in and if we just talk about bars to keep it like on the straight and narrow we're not pushing anybody out I mean this this space that because we're sitting in bar dressing right now this this space was vacant for two years before I took it over um, and and before that, the the dude next door who lived in the the shop next door had rented it for a little bit for his electronics business, which he did like he repaired the electronics. Like that's a business that doesn't 
isn't that necessary anymore because we're such a throwaway society. Hell yeah. Which is, you know, <laughs> indicative of something else, but... <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not... Go on to some real tangents. Um, but, like, I, I haven't pushed out another business in Footscray for this business to be here. The customers that come here aren't pushing anybody out. Yes, house prices are rising. It's crazy. I can't afford to live in Footscray, so I don't. You know, I live in Maidstone. But that's not that's 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 not something that we should be angry about. Because if if these businesses hadn't moved in, then there would be nothing. There would be nowhere to drink. Mm. And at the end of the day, it's all about having a pint. <laughs> <laughs> well, well summed up. <laughs> um, yeah, I can. I we certainly can't afford to buy here um, and I mean I think house prices are pretty bad in any, in any city in any suburb in any city so like oh yeah no it's, it's kind of crazy everywhere there are houses in West Footscray that sell well over a million dollars that yeah but trash yeah they're just a wreck yeah. they're falling apart um, I don't know property market huh what's by Josephine <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, it's a craft beer bar um but more than that, it's kind of a locals bar. Um, I think when you open a bar, you need to have a point of view. And w- when I opened this, my point of view was to create something that was for locals, um, or somewhere you could hang out. And it wasn't. We're not. We're not. We're not a dogmatic uh, craft beer bar, and there's no, nothing wrong with that. But that's just not what we are. Um, we, I, for, for, during my uni days, I lived in North Melbourne, uh, which was over a decade ago, and I frequented Prudence, which is a bar on Victoria Street, five days a week. And I, I <laughs> wanted to recreate that. Um, and that's, that's kind of, that informed my choices down to the paint colour. What do you do to execute that plan? What did I do? Yeah, like what, how do you go about trying to become a bar for locals? Yeah, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that in a in a pretending that you asked a much broader question than you did. <laughs> Please, great question. I'm gonna answer something else. Yeah. <laughs> I'm practicing for politics. Yeah. Um, you say that. And there's a lot of seriousness in that comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, I reckon two more adjacent storefronts and you'll be running the place anyway. I yeah. Think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if I take over Ames next door. Um, it's d- opening a business, I think, for anybody that does open a business, it's not, it's not a whim. Like, you think about it for years and then you... you Put in into place your plan, and for me, the it was on. It was I started thinking about this on on my honeymoon, which was I should know how many years. It's either six or seven years ago, and um, we went around Europe and and around New York, and I we went into a bunch of places, uh, including one in New York in Brooklyn called Fetzal, which I I thought was the most amazingly efficient set up for it was it's a barbecue joint 
and you have to line up at like this this counter to order your meat which is in the window and they hack off bits and put it on a tray and then they weigh it and you pay by the weight and then you take your tray to the table and the bar is a separate thing and you go over to the bar and you get a flagon and you take that to your table and at your table there's a roll of paper towel and over in the corner is like the cutlery section you go get your cutlery and the place is pumping like it's dark there's wood it's an old mechanics so there's bits of like old mechanics uh, paraphernalia around and the music's just loud and I was looking at it going this, this place has got like a hundred people in it and there's one person at the meat station and one person behind the bar this is the most efficient restaurant I've ever been into and so all I have ever wanted to do is recreate that now I haven't done that yet <laughs> I haven't done that here um, but it definitely informed my vision of, of somewhere where if you create somewhere that is flows really well and the crowd is a comfortable crowd that um, you find friendly then you only need one person to run a place that has 100 people in it which is what we do <laughs> you've got more than one staff we have more than one staff member um, but like today there's one, mm. one person behind the jump mm. um, tonight there'll be one person behind the jump Tomorrow, one person. Um, yeah, it's only Friday, Saturday nights and Wednesday nights because Wednesday's our, uh, it's our special night. You should come down for $6 pints. <laughs> I'm always tempted on Wednesdays, even though I don't drink, try not to drink during the week. Yeah. Man. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to run something super efficient. I didn't answer your question at all just then. I didn't oh, even answer the again, question that foundations I, being laid. I, <laughs> I set out to answer. Um, yeah, and then I guess I I worked. Uh, I I was the bar manager at. Um, there's a bar attached to Cinema Nova in Carlton. I was a bar manager there, and I met a lot of people. I I increased their. They're they're mainly a wine bar. Like seventy percent of what they sell is is wine, and when I turned up, like te they sold ten percent beer. Um, so I changed I changed that to about sixty forty, um, and met a lot of people through that, and met a couple of people like along the journey. And I think what people maybe find when they certainly I did when I was dreaming of opening a bar was a lot of people want to come along for the ride. But when it comes to stumping up cash, we'll fall away. I had maybe six partners, <laughs> prospective partners, on, along the journey of opening here. And when it came to crunch, when it came to the hard bit, uh, they they all one by one kind of fell away, um, which is which is difficult. Uh, I think something that people don't talk about is that it costs money to to start something, and if you don't have money. And I, I didn't have money. <laughs> it's, it's you can't do it. You need, you need cash. Um, so I, I, my, my brother-in-law is a silent partner here. Who he has cash, and I, I got a, I got a loan from my, from my parents-in-law who also have cash. Um, 
and then I, I threw, threw it all to the wind and um, tried to do it as cheaply as possible and we, we definitely did. Like um, it was eBay every day looking at what we could scrounge. Like the bar top in, in there, the six metre long bit of wood, one, one piece of wood, I, I cut that out of a tree with um, a, fr a friend who's a, he's a, he's a mobile, um, what are they called? Saw he's got a mobile sawmill. So we went and cut that out. Oh, okay, like, you know, the mobile sawmill things. You know, yeah, you know, you know yeah. that, that thing. <laughs> the thing that cuts uh, planks. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, the, we've got the, all the seats in the, in the second room, all the booths there, that, that was 110 bucks on eBay for all of it. Um, yeah, we tried to do it as, as, as cheaply as possible. But yeah, I... I I don't know I don't, I don't know I don't know how to <laughs> how to how you became a locals bar oh that's yeah, the good question. point yeah. yeah no thank you well um, how, how you approached building a locals bar that's how I approached building a locals bar um, how I became a locals bar was by being behind the counter myself seven days a week um, the I think the most important if you're if you're going to build and every bar is different but if you're going to build the bar that I built. Um, you, we're open 1pm to 1am we've never closed early we're always open our advertised hours we don't, we don't close early and so people rely on that and most nights of the week our main trade happens after 11.30 when everything else shuts mm. and people know that Josephine's open so they come here which is not always fun. It's not always fun to get everybody else's <laughs> drunken yeah, leftovers. You want, you want to be where they spend money and get drunk, <laughs> not where they finish. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but but reliability is key, and and familiarity is key. So they, I I'm I'm not here as much uh, front of house as I used to be, not nearly as much. But everybody else is like all the all the faces that we have here are pretty regular like we don't have much staff turnover so everybody has their their favorites and you know i'm some people's favorites and you know lots of other people have other favorites the opening hours is a huge one it's massive and like it's so important well, i can't no. i can't sorry sorry no, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> i can't stress how important being regular is mm. because if people can't rely on you they won't take a chance they won't just go oh they might be open let's let's go they just won't take a chance and there are other bars unnamed bars who are not open particular days and have tried to be open those days and then they're not open because it doesn't work so well it's because people don't know like mm. you you you're either consistent or you're not that was um yeah so when i used to write for broadsheet and that's where i first met you mm. writing about by josephine and you you know part of the story is putting the opening hours and at the bottom and so many places are like oh you were open from four o'clock till late till late yeah. no they, no they do the four o'clock till ten o'clock on thursdays yeah. fridays three till mm. eleven Sundays, oh, we're gonna have it. and like you're writing down, you're like just just pick one. Yeah, and just like, be just I'd be open the same time every fucking day. Because otherwise, as a pun, it's like, a blue pocket. Wait, it's, it's go for it. <laughs> it's Tuesday. Oh, are they? What time do they open on Tuesdays? Are they? 
And then yeah, how many like how much maths are you expecting your right. customers to be right. doing? Not just to wander in and, and you know there there is licensing I guess for some peop- some no, places. But, but, but you like, choose your li- client. You choose your licensing. You can apply to the VCGLR for for your liquor license and and your hours and without good reason. They're, like they're not they're not going to not allow you if they don't have a good reason to not allow you mm. to to run whatever hours you do. It's, it's yeah, blaming it blaming it on on uh, the liquor licensing is not not true. It might be for it might be for some cases. <laughs> I'll COA over here, <laughs> but, but no, it's not. And that and like and that was that was another thing I learnt from Prudence was mm. Prudence was open. 4 p.m. to 1 a.m. every day and I knew that it was and I was I remember I was taking a friend around the city and this new bar had opened up called Biro which we've talked about probably yeah yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was a Wednesday and it was nine o'clock and we rocked up and it was shut Uh, hang on you guys meant to be open till 11 I don't even think it was nine. It might have been earlier. Like, why? Like, why aren't you open? You're you've only been open three months, and so we, I went. Well, I know Prudence is open. Let's get in the taxi. We'll go to Prudence, and we did. And there's 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 one one of those two bars still exists. Mm. I like Prudence. Mm. Um, I was. I think we've talked about this before. I reckon our paths would have crossed mm, in the bar because yeah. I was there. Two or three days a week at yeah. the time, um, and you're a lot of the bar staff, and uh, you know. But I think that's a good example where the same people behind the bar, yeah, all the time. You knew their names, um, and it was dark. Yes, your bar's dark. Yes. <laughs> um, so you, you know, you could feel like you wandered in on a, a day like a sunny day like today, and there's a little bit of a, you know, I'm having a, a beer. And it's a little bit illicit, but it's a bar. Yeah, I'm um, allowed yeah. to. I'm allowed to do this because it's a bar. I I I don't feel comfortable getting drunk in those white-walled establishments. Mm. Like, why is it so sterile in here? It's like I've never done it, but I feel like it's probably like donating sperm. It's like I'll 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 enjoy it a little bit, <laughs> but I could enjoy it so much more in a different <laughs> scenario. Wow. Have you used that? Have you come up with that one? Yeah, no, I've never thought of that before. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because you are, you've described yourself to me as a failed writer. Oh, uh, yep. Um, do you still write? I do. Still failing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> still, I'm at the, I'm, I, I, I'm no longer, uh, like, I, I'm still a failed writer, but at the moment I'm failing to write. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's really difficult to, um, I think that what 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 frustrates me most about about that is that if I'd like Josephine's three years old, it's it's ticking over, it's doing its thing, it's 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 running pretty smoothly. And if I'd stopped at that, I would be writing five days a week. But I didn't stop at that. Yeah. Um, do you want to take a short break and then let's talk about what Pie Thief and Trouble and Dreams are? Sure. Yeah.
All right, grab my own. What beer did you get me? Uh, that's the Day Zero from Bonehead. Oh, yeah. Mm. We're probably overdue for a Bonehead. Full show there on the one that Dave, you went there. Yeah, yeah, it was Good show, I like that. Um, yeah. They're good dudes, too. Yeah, I also met them doing a broadsheet story. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, right. Probably about the same time you guys opened. Yeah. Maybe they're a little bit later. Um, yeah, maybe like six months, a year after us, mm. maybe. They I just had their second birthday, actually. So there you go, yeah. a year after us. Um, yeah. Anthony, Anthony from Bonehead and me are kind of like, he's Anthony Donato, I'm Aaron Donato, both got Sicilian heritage. There's just a lot of kind of... <laughs> well, you oh, could be the same person. Yeah. Uh, Mikko Marison. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me about the beer strategy at Bar Joe because... Oh, yeah. I can do that. That's, I guess, one of the things when we walked in, Dave, we commented on the tap list yeah. of like Rodenbach Alexander and Cantillon. Yeah. Which were for a special event. They were, yeah, yeah. Um, but like that's a, for uh, a local's bar, that's not... A locals beer. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess what I'm saying with uh, the locals bar is we. I'm not. I'm not somebody that. Huh, what's the word? I. I don't care deeply enough about beer <laughs> to d- dive all the way in. And, like, I love beer. I'm a big fan. And I will seek out delicious beverages. But I'm not I'm not Josh and Caleb from Mr. West, who are wonderful beer nerds. And, like, their selection is 100% better than mine. And it's, it's, it's incredibly diverse. Their bottle shop has always got something I've never heard of in it. Whereas my my strategy is is different to theirs. Um, it's I I want to have really high quality beer that is approachable at a at a reasonable price point for the most part, and then have like f- three or four taps that are more expensive and quite interesting. Um, what would you sell the most of stylistically? Stylistically. Uh, genuinely? <laughs> lager? Yep. <laughs> so you always keep a, a lager on? Yeah, we didn't at the start. Yeah. Yeah, that was a real fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out people really like drinking people lagers. People really <laughs> like drinking lagers. Um, and I think that speaks to the sort of bar we are. But we can also move through a really expensive uh, keg from a Nashville brewery in 24 hours. So we moved through. We had the bearded iris tunnel vision Nipper on. We tapped it on Friday night. It was gone Saturday. Like, yeah. So we we have we have special beers. We have approachable beers. We don't want to price anybody out. Um, and we certainly we try to have a range of of. Um, of price points, a range of styles. Uh, it's it's kind of crazy these days going to a craft beer bar and not seeing a sour on the board. So we always try to have at least two. Um, one super approachable and one more expensive. And sometimes we've got four on. We've got four sours on at the moment. 
So we've got you know, two that are fairly approachable and two that are super special, the Rodenbach Alexander and the Cantillon. Um, yeah, we, we just want to have fun, you know. <laughs> we don't... We like really good product, but we don't want to be sipping it in super tiny little glasses. Mm. We want to be able to just have a beer and enjoy ourselves and the beer is delicious and a part of the conversation but it's not the only part of the conversation uh tell me about pie thief oh i can tell you about pie thief um i own a pie shop called pie thief dave you just had a couple of pies from pie thief i did i had a pie and a parmarole thoughts great yeah there you have to say that because aaron's yeah no but we we talked (laughs) contractually obliged uh, i had a lasagna pie and I've had a lasagna pie before that I really enjoyed. Not from, from here. From not from here, yeah. from a different place. And that particular lasagna was so delicious that it made it just way better. Really That's like it. the pie thief yeah. lasagna. Yeah. Just, spicy, uh, isn't it? Spicy, more, much more f- like really flavoursome. It's mm. almost like just a handheld way of having a delicious lasagna more than a pie, really. Yeah. That's tremendous news. Mm. Yeah. The lasagna pie, we thought we were so original. <laughs> when uh, I went, this is going to change the s- landscape of pies, this you're lasagna a, pie. You were picturing front page oh, news. man, I was yeah. so bolshy. And, and to be fair, it, 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 has, it has helped us, that pie. But it, sorry, we, sorry, you said pie thief, question mark, pie king, exclamation mark, <laughs> in, your, in your photo. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it turns out we're not the first to do a lasagna pie. Uh, they've, they've been a bit, bit. They've been around a little bit, and um, I think the first was in Western Australia. There's quite a big following of lasagna pies in in Western Australia. I'm not sure of the pie manufacturer there. <laughs> um, Add us on Twitter. I'd like to know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Get around it. Um, but uh, I mean that that aside, we 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 just wanted to make uh, delicious pies. I guess I guess your question is, how did it come about? Uh, drunken conversation? Yeah. So, uh, Scott Blomfeld, my, my partner in crime for Pie Thief, um, he's a, he was a chef and he was working at uh, local cafe Mantra in Yarraville. And he was a regular here and we'd done a few food events uh, for various things. And I think, he, I think he did our, I think it was our second birthday, we did a free sausage barbecue thing and he did it and so because he did it it was special sausages that were braised in beer and with a special sauerkraut and delicious sauce and just mouth-watering and I think that was when we kind of got a bit drunk and I, I told him about this pipe dream that I'd had about opening a pie shop but I know nothing about food like I've been around food because I've been in hospitality for so long but I've not. I've never worked in in a kitchen or or been a cook or any anything anything, and so like this this idea that I'd own a pie shop one day was just like fantasy. And he went, "Me too." I went, well, you're a chef. <laughs> this this could happen. And when we sobered up the next day, I went, well, like, probably yeah, not I a... Could, I could go a pie right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, probably not a pie shop, but we should do something together. Um, and then I'd, I'd always been friendly with uh, the 
uh, dude next door who owns the property next door and he also lived there. And when I smoked, I'd sometimes catch him out the front having a cigarette and I'd, I'd have a cigarette with him. And I said, oh, look, you know, whenever, if you ever want to move, because his wife was complaining about living in a shop. And um, so when, it, when you move, you know, you offer it to me first. And so when he bought a house, he offered it to me. And I went, yeah, right. And I went, oh, what am I going to put? Th- oh, the pie shop. We'll do the, we'll do the pie shop. Let's, Wait, so let's, you, let's do that. You agreed to, to at least look at or purchase a property or a lease yeah, before... Yeah, yeah. Before I had any idea what I was going to do, yeah. Okay. It was just like it's next door, so it's like, well, I can come up with something. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Did you have a plan B or a plan C for the property? Uh, After Did I have a plan? I think think if if I didn't do the the pie shop, I would have knocked down the fence, extended the Bar Josephine's beer garden, and then the interior for the moment would have been somewhere for me to have an office and maybe a co-working space, um, maybe lease out the shop front, um, which, you know, now that I say it all out loud, that sounds very sensible. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should have done that instead. There are more conditions. I had a lasagna pie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it swings around about. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> Luke gets a pie mini weekend. <laughs> Luke is very happy with that situation. Um, the co-working, there's a lot more competition for co-working space in Footscray than there is pie shops. Man, what a scam. <laughs> um, uh, so the approach to the pies that, that you and Scott have come up with yep. is, I don't know, it's, it's not crazy. It's still mm-hmm. a pie, yep. but it's unconventional in, in ways. Um, yeah, look, I, I guess so. It's not, it's not a bakery pie. And it's not it's not what the Australian market thinks of like Australian pies. If you look at them, they're super undercooked. Like they're they're white, whereas ours are brown. They're, they've been cooked. They're, they're properly. You know, somebody <laughs> accused them of being burnt. It's like no, no. You know, when you cook through the pastry, it develops in flavour, and you get a delicious pie. Um, what was our approach in 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 pies? It was. Let's make them as delicious as possible. Um, and then with the sausage rolls, we knew that we wanted to do a pork and fennel sausage roll. And I, after running Josephine, I am always of the opinion of doing something as simple as possible. Something that people can grasp, like they can grasp the concept straight away. Um, something that, as a side note, I think Kenny Luffer in in Thornbury really, have really done with soft ice, serve and ice chips. Cream and chips. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I know exactly what that business is, and so that's that's what I wanted with with Pie Thief. On this Kenny Luffer place, I, you've been, Dave? Yeah, I went you've there. Years no, I've not been. Yeah. Okay. I don't go places. Are the chips designed to be dipped into the ice cream? Not or at all. Se- Just two things. Thing. <laughs> two things. It's amazing. Um, they're very because people do that. I think. I think yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. People yeah. that's a crazy thing to do. No, I was like, oh, this is fine. This is a place that encourages that. Yeah. No. No. Like it's it's. We're about to do an event with them, by the way. Great. Oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, it was on New Year's Eve, uh, and we were at a place opposite it, and Steph said, "I think I want some ice cream," and I said, "I don't want that," but you know what? Chips. I can go some yes. chips. <laughs> One place serviced perfectly. Yeah, so that's amazing. Are they, mm. So are they open late. Uh, it would have only been probably 8 p.m. Okay. or 9 right, p.m. Right, right. maybe. So it wasn't silly, but it was a funny night for that strip because. 
there was lots of places doing like 30% business right. like just, just opening the doors to see what was happening and right. there was a lot of people around but no place was busy though That's it was great it was great yeah <laughs> the yeah, New Year's Eve was <laughs> screwed up we were the only place on Barclay Street open that was business insane oh wow I turned up a bit after 10pm expecting to party and I had to work because it was five deep at the bar <laughs> And so I was like, well, I've got to get in here. Yeah. And another staff member who just turned up to party has to get in here as well. So the four of us behind the bar for the next three hours just pumping out wow. New Year's. It was so busy. I was exhausted by the end. I was furious. I, I <laughs> because I, I think a lot of your demographic or the demographic around this immediate, I don't know, five blocks around mm. us are probably not partying on New Year's in the city or whatever. No, they're not. Uh, they're not that sort of. Yeah, and and when, folk. I, and when I think of, you know, I'm I'm within that five block radius, and mm. we were in bed by ten thirty. Yeah, because we had flown back. But yeah. if we weren't, we would either stayed at home, did the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, before or, I, or bef- popped in and, yeah. and had a beer. Before I had a business, I was not a New Year's person. Mm. I've had one tremendous New Year's in my life. And that was, uh, I want to say 11 years ago. Might have been, I, anyway, it was, uh, I asked out my now wife on, on that New Year's. It was a house party at my place. She turned up after midnight. She stayed for like 15 minutes, but I, I pulled her into my room, asked her out. She said yes, and then she fucked off. And I had a great night. At Aww. some point, I got my head smashed into the concrete but uh, you're married now. Yeah. I'm married now. Yeah, hey, isn't that marriage? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag marriage. <laughs> um, the idea of doing something simple and like doing. Oh thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a place in easy to grasp. Yeah, like not necessarily simple. Yeah, but, yeah. but, but easy to grasp. There's a place in New Zealand um, in Christchurch. It started that was it was a restaurant that was famous it was a full restaurant it was famous for its roast lamb mm. leg of roast lamb or something like that or something and then when the earthquake meant everyone had to shut down their business or they lost their business they reopened as a pop-up and they're just like okay we need to earn money quickly we'll just do our roast lamb shoulder or leg I think might be a leg um, as a takeaway box with some roast buds and a salad for however much and it will feed you know two people yeah, perfect. very well yeah. three, three four people to yeah. stretch that has since just taken off. I think they've opened up like six restaurants, and right. I've eaten the food, and it was great. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's exactly the sort of thing that I crave: mm. is those those businesses that do the one thing really well. Mm. And it's it's. I mean, I can see eight months in, like if I'm being completely frank, how that doesn't always. <laughs> mean immediate uh, dollars in the pocket but we have people that like yesterday somebody somebody came from Mornington to, to have our pies like that's that's insane mm. they've passed like five places where they could buy pies <laughs> but we're known for pies yeah so they they come to us and I was I was driving back from um, I, I did a pie delivery in Preston the other day, and I was driving back through Fitzroy, and I went, I don't know what I feel like, but I feel like something that you know somebody does specifically well. And I was I drive I drived I drove <laughs> up uh, Johnson Street. So I don't like there's no like I, what I what I really wanted was a sandwich, and I wanted like somewhere that, that was like 
we do this sandwich and that's all we do. And there wasn't my fantasy place didn't exist, so I went to Frenchitos. Oh, what? you been there? No, they do. Uh, their menu is rolls, ten dollars. Meat, vegetarian, vegan. We've uh, we've we've corresponded about uh, ha- having a, like a sandwich review. Mm. I, I fucking love a good sandwich. It might be my favorite thing ever. The, the, yeah. So yeah, the Juanitos yeah. one. Um, Again, you can you can read my story in broadsheet about them a few years ago. Uh, maybe about a year. Oh, ago. hang on, I think I have. Yeah, um, and it was it was fascinating because I'd never I had no idea what it was. Yeah, someone said, "Hey, the, the editor um, said, yeah, it's a previous business. It was something um, else. Rue Babylon, Rue Babylon. Yeah, yeah, they had it. Yeah, yeah. So the sandwich has been through like three businesses. Yeah, and these guys have kept it alive. Yeah, and when I I got there and I Instagrammed that I was having it, and then Will from the Crafty Pint texts me and he's like, "The mayonnaise." That's what makes it. I'm like, I wasn't even asking. <laughs> it's amazing that you saw my photo and went, I've got to tell Lou it's, why I think it's a great challenge. Oh, man. I think, and it's it's a weird thing for Melbourne to have a craze over, but I feel like we need to have a craze over sandwiches because there are some fucking great ones out there. Have you uh, done Beatrix? I've done Beatrix. Beatrix, sandwiches Beatrix is, is very, very solid. Have you done Panino Teca in Coburg? No. Pianino Teca is incredibly solid. Okay. Um, they give Rocco's Deli a good run for their money. Um, Roman's Original. Yeah. Foot's great. Yeah. They do a good one. Represent. It's an expensive operation, but the quality is high. Yes. Yeah. I think um, I, th- I, I, <laughs> I think if, if anything comes out of the, uh, this recent scandal with uh, Georgie mm. and, and the Mayor establishment is that Food is actually pretty cheap here. Like we pay too little for f- good food. We we go to brunch and have the equivalent of like a really kind of fine dining dish at breakfast for eighteen dollars fifty, mm. which is kind of crazy. When like th- those cafes are not th- like they're not they're not making a fortune. They're the, the owner is probably in the kitchen or they're the one serving you. They're not... They don't have Lamborghinis. Georgie probably had a Lamborghini, but... <laughs> there were... Uh, what he was worth, I saw conflicting things, but... <laughs> he, a millionaire. Um, and, and the yeah, big invested and made establishment but, was but of a billionaire. Co- yeah, of, but of course he was a millionaire. He was, you know, he was a media personality. He had, he had a lot of restaurants. I, I'm, I'm not an apologist. <laughs> but... I think I think what it if if we'll take if we'll take anything from it is that food's too cheap, and if if you expect these empires or even like the, the mum and pop operations, which I mean, mine are, to survive, then they need to charge accordingly. We we get accused of uh, not that often anymore, th- thankfully, but. Um, uh, of charging too much it's like well no I, I, I earn I, I was talking to a teacher friend of mine the other day I earn less than him mm. <laughs> teachers are famously underpaid uh, teachers are famously <laughs> underpaid <laughs> like when he told me how much he was paid I was like oh yeah. what am Sweet. I doing <laughs> I could have been a teacher um, and, and I think the, a pie is a great example and I remember having this when can started taking off we're like Oh, it's $8 for a can of beer. 
And even though I knew, being a beer person, all the benefits of cans, same same product, there's still that mindset. And I think pies have that mindset of... They should well, be cheap. I always pay $2.50 for a pie. Yeah. I always paid $1.50 for a yeah, pie. Yeah. So do you I have many people... You, you, know, you, you, you know when that really hit me? Was when I was a kid, you could get into the MCG, into the Ponsford stand, which is, you know, behind the goal... It's, I don't think it's called the Ponsford stand anymore. No, it's still... Oh, is it? Yeah. 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 Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> behind the goals, like... I'm Collingwood. Well, I'm Collingwood supporter. In with it. Boom. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, that can't be right. Look at all those teeth that you <laughs> have. Yeah. Oh. In with the cheer squad for two dollars fifty. Yeah. Like it was. That was the that was the price to get in. And I haven't been to the football in like a decade. But when I went a decade ago, it was twenty bucks for the same ticket. <laughs> what? Yeah. So that that two dollars so fifty of a pie. Yeah, should be twenty dollars now. <laughs> By that logic, yeah. By the MCG logic, yeah, yeah. Does anyone that has tro- has eaten the pies complain about price afterwards? Then no, right. I reckon they would on reviews, Google reviews, surely. Yeah, Google Google reviews are fun. Um, <laughs> thankfully, but thankfully they're mainly positive, uh, which is gratifying. But yeah, the, the the pies when you, when you think of it in terms of what you. Traditionally, you've always paid for a pie. What is yeah. it? It's like seven fifty for one of yours. Yeah, it so it's 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 seven fifty. The most we charge is eight fifty, yeah. which is, you know, that that mindset. It is a high price. If you're in Tasmania, though, like a scallop pie is twelve dollars. Yeah, <laughs> and so many of them are terrible. Yeah, there are some. Right. There are some really yeah. good ones. We're d- we're doing an event for Melbourne Food and Wine Festival uh, in March. Pie? I don't know. I don't know, but I feel like we should do something something fancy. Yeah. Maybe maybe like the Tassie scallop pie. Be You've done truffle pies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing that for we're, we're bringing back a, a truffle type pie for the Grand Prix. All right. What's the? It's not the mac and cheese truffle. Yeah. Yeah. I love your pies, and <laughs> and I want to make it clear they're worth every cent. Um, <laughs> mac and cheese pies. Can't, I, I can't. You do can't it. do it. No, too carb heavy. It's just not a pie filling. And I, I had the mac what? and cheese truffle one, and I enjoyed it. Mm. Loved it. And mm. I'm like, eh, I don't. Something about the pie filling. And I, I've never. It was a Wonder Pop. They do one, and I love their pies. And I'm like, I just never want to get the mac and cheese. And Seems like a weird line to have. I don't know why. You're pretty like deep into the pie world. That's just. That's it just, it that's just doesn't. It just doesn't make sense in my mind. I think. What What I've discovered is most people's. Line is potato. Okay. So people don't like like potato in a pie or potato like a potato cake mm. in a burger. Mm. That's that's most people's line in terms of carb on carb. So I love a potato top pie. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I was talking about that on the Hypothetical Institute. Yeah. Uh, Our worst selling pie of the week. Potato top. Yeah. A good potato <laughs> top pie is so good. <laughs> but sold super badly. That sucks. Yeah. And, uh, Another th- so the potato masaman vegan mm, one mm. is probably my favourite pie of yours. It's also mine, um, which is crazy. I was just about to buy it, and then the person in front of me took the last <laughs> one. Yeah. Pretty selfish. Oh, sorry, the terrible day. <laughs> um, I, I remember when I had it, and I got mad, and I knew you were in the bar, so I came next door, and I'm like, "Hey, this is not vegan. You're lying to me." Yeah, I know, right? Tell Scott yeah. that he's a liar. Yeah. There has to be butter. There has to be fish sauce. I know. Is so we use a vegan fish sauce. Okay. Yeah. So there is fish sauce, but yeah. it's a vegan fish sauce. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but I guess the other the other which you can buy in uh, Footscray at Vincent's Vegetarian Mart. Okay, that's yeah. good because I have I one of the reasons I'd never go fully vegetarian is fish sauce. Yeah, right. I love fish sauce. Yeah, yeah. and I it's it's it's, it's a pretty decent um, okay. composite. Yeah, I've got a fish sauce brand, Red Boat, right? So the premium stuff. <laughs> So like changing that, yeah, like yeah, I can yeah. have that by the teaspoon. Yeah. And like, oh, have you seen? Have you seen those documentaries of like how they make fish sauce and we the went huge to f- vats? We went to a fish sauce village. Uh, <laughs> we're in in Vietnam and amazing. Um, we were staying <laughs> what on, a, the, on the coast. What a, what a luxury trip! <laughs> well, staying on the coast, and my brother and I were like hired some bikes from the, the place we're staying. Like oh, we'll bike over to the village next door where they they make fish sauce. Great, and we're at the top of this mountain, coastal, beautiful. Alright, we'll bike down to the village. You were down this hill going quite fast and just the closer you got, the more you just like It must have stuck. You just like, oh, this, this is a mistake. This is a mistake. We need to abort this mission, but we're going down this hill quite fast. Uh, very smelly. Oh man. Very unpleasant village. Um Tremendous. The other pie anomaly which i which I'm still blown away by is steak and cheese. Is, oh, yeah. is the king of pies in New Zealand? Mm. Steak and cheese is. Well, that's what I mean. Is. That's that's why we've got it because. What's the anomaly? So Australians don't like steak and cheese. Australians will go for steak. Yeah, and they've you've, you've had to change or put on a steak pie. Yeah, yeah. Out of uh, it was a bit of a protest pie <laughs> because our our opening our opening menu is slightly different to what it is now. Um, we've. We had we opened with no just steak. We had a steak and cheese. That was that was as simple as we got. Um, and the biggest complaint was was like mums and dads with kids going, well, do you have anything for Johnny? Why doesn't why doesn't Johnny get a pie? I mean, all right, fine, we'll put on a. Who's is Johnny the kid in this? The scenario? kid, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny, no. Johnny Johnny's my husband and he has got a terrible palate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as we know with a lot of blokes in the beer world, if it's not Carlton Draft or, or whatever they drink, then they're out. Maybe it's the same with pies. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. What I, what I did realise, though, like once we put the Just Steak on, was like it's a really good pie. <laughs> but it... Like, Little secret: It is the steak and cheese without the cheese. Yeah, <laughs> it's, also, it's the same. It's the same pie Scott, as as so many of those kind of steak, steak and pepper, steak and mushroom, steak and blah blah blah. Or on on a pie board that has fifty pies on it. Mm. Ours has seven. We have seven seven pies, two sausage rolls, and two sweets. Um, Scott's New Zealander. He's a Kiwi. Yep. So steak and cheese is. He, we had to do it. Yeah. yeah. No, we had to have a steak and cheese, and I, I was, I wasn't going to get in the way. I didn't. I, I wasn't going to root for the uh, Australian <laughs> beef mince pie. <laughs> What's your take on steak and cheese, Dave? I, I would never just get a steak pie. Yeah. Give me some pepper. Love it. You love a pepper steak pie. Love a pepper steak pie. Steak pie. Yeah. Uh, I just something just an extra element of flavour which cheese provides, mm. pepper, mm. mushroom yeah. to some degree. Um, yeah. You need something something else, I think. I totally agree. I think I think what happens I mean I'm just thinking it's now, so mm. I'm not gonna call it a rule. <laughs> but I think that tomato sauce adds the extra fact that on a steak pie. Yeah. I hundred percent ra- agree. Yeah, and I'd rather just enjoy the pie the way it was supposed to be. Yeah. Mm. Inside its casing and what, delicious. So no you're a no sourceman? Yes. Sometimes you have, have hot sauces next door. Sometimes we I'll do, put yeah. hot sauces on the side. 
Yeah. Maybe I'll dip them in oh, the end. I would do yeah. it like halfway through my pie, maybe. Yeah, once I, I get the idea. Halfway yeah. through. We did That's a it. we did a self sourcing steak pie. Uh, I can't remember what it was for now. Uh, it was the footy. AFL oh, final, that's what it was. Yeah. Grand final. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was for something. I keep a close eye on these parts. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was for something kind of colloquial. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I loved it. How did it sell? Because, sauce? Uh Well, it was. <laughs> so he made. Uh, so it was our. It was our steak. It was our classic steak mix. And uh, he made a tomato chutney, and he put that in there as well. And when you bit into it, it tasted like it—it it, it was already sourced, um, which it kind of was. Yeah. And as a as a as a proud half Italian, tomatoes are an important part of my life. <laughs> and so, so biting into that pie was like heaven. It was really, really tasty. And what it made me realise was people shouldn't be ashamed of putting tomato sauce on their pies. It, it's not appropriate on some pies. It's not appropriate on like five of our seven pies. But on two of them, it's really good. The um, I really like the, the Thai chicken curry one, which is gone Man, now. Yeah, that, you know, that pie uh, started the business. Right. Yep. That was that was the pie. So when when Scott and I, after we'd sobered up, and after I told him that, oh, well, maybe we could start this next door, uh, he went, oh well, I, you know, I I, I got to start making some pies. I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you got to you got to show me that you can make pies, man. Mm. And he, the first pie he brought me, and I was working at the bar. It was day shift. It was like Saturday, and he came in at like three o'clock with his like fucking enormous pie. Frankly. It was huge. I like how you're kind of annoyed by that. <laughs> Frankly, too it was, big. It was just massive. <laughs> and I bit into it with a fork because you couldn't pick the thing up. And it was... I, I, I got weak at the knees. Right. If this is what we're doing, then we're, we're going to make a fortune. Let's do this. Yes, let's. we can start a business together. The next one I want you to make is a lasagna pie. <laughs> <laughs> then the Thai, the, the chicken didn't survive. It didn't survive purely because we had a lot of, we had. Uh, <sighs> you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to probe on this. No, it's so we we do a pie of the week every week, and we've been open eight months. So that's well, eight times four. It's like we've had 32 different pies of the week. You're running out of ideas. No, oh. no, no, not at all. But some of them are really good, and people have been asking for them. So a couple of them made it onto the permanent menu, and we we asked our audience uh, what they'd like to see come back, and it was like it was the duck cassoulet, uh, our creamy mushroom, the potato masaman, um, the Big Mac. Those were all pies that were pies of the week. They weren't our original menu. So that's... Was that four four pies? I think that's what you said, yeah. Yeah. So so four of our six or seven original pies have changed. And, and we couldn't... We didn't feel like... We didn't want to put more variety on because we're just... We're a small operation. And it's, it's just... It's just kind of difficult. If we were if we were bigger or you know maybe more efficient maybe anything we we'd have <laughs> we'd have more variety but we we can't do it 
Um, so the the winged animal pie had to be one or the other, and it, for this it was the the duck had to the Thai chicken curry had to make way for the duck. Mm. But uh, I really love the Thai chicken curry. It's still my favourite pie, and I think that soon it will be a pie of the week again. Good, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna test that water to see if it returns to the permanent menu. So, also we've got a lot of curry pies on. Duck is probably the duck cassoulet, um, and I love duck. Duck is, for my mind, the king of meats. Yeah. Um, it, <laughs> um, and I, the duck cassoulet might be my least favourite of the pies. Yeah, right. Um, the cream of mushroom, which I would be like, I do not give a shit about cream of mushroom pies, one of my favourites. Well, before the potato musselman, when, when that entered the permanent menu rotation... A bit was my favourite pie, mm. and then the potato musselman has uh, overtaken it. I think because it's um, it's fulfilled my curry pie craving. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I I, I I I get I get what you're saying about the the duck cassoulet. Uh, we've certainly toned down the amount of butter okay. that <laughs> that made it a cult yeah. <laughs> favourite. But it was it was really a, it was a heart attack on a plate mm. when the first time we released it. I, I don't know if I can put my finger on why. I don't. I it just doesn't hit for me. Yeah, and yeah. I'm okay with that because you've got many yeah. other pies. Well, I mean, and this is this is what we've tried to do over over our, our lifespan is create a bunch of pies that all hit. And candidly, the duck is the least selling pie, which is really unfortunate because when it was pie of the week, I. I couldn't stop eating it. I had three of them in one day. Like, That's too many pies. It's too many pies. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting uh, yeah. I'm getting too fat. <laughs> um, I, oh man, I could analyze each pie uh, for another hour. Yeah. Before um, we get off pies, I've got a couple of pie questions. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, let's just keep going on pies. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that? You're ahead of a curve pie-wise in Australia or Melbourne, or do you think that it's something that I think should be picking up that just won't? Not at all. I I, I don't think we're ahead of a curve. Um, I saw much much like Josephine, like I I entered Footscray at a with with Bar Josephine at a at a point where I thought a bunch of bars are about to open, and I was right. And I, I think I was right with pies as well. Like I wasn't the first pie. We weren't. We're not the first f- delicious pie shop. Uh, Matt Wilkinson with the pie shop in Nicholson Street. And now he's. Um, I don't need to do an ad for Matt Wilkinson. He's um, <laughs> famous enough. He's doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, human. He got caught up in the whole maid establishment thing. He was collateral damage. He did. There. Poor bastard. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. No. So his pies. His pies were actually uh, something that I'd cross town for. Uh, every fortnight, I'd stop by his uh, his joint in Nicholson Street and buy two pies, one for my drive and one for once I got to the bar. Um, but there's also, as as you said, Wonder Pop, uh, Wonder Wonder Pies, uh, which was Raymond Capaldi, which mm. <laughs> he got caught. No, he he's a big passionate defender of. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got many opinions about that. I enjoy Wonder Pop pies. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so do I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Melbourne hospitality is a very small scene, uh, but yeah, there's Wonder, Wonder Pop and there's Pure Pies, um, and I know I miss Oh Prince's Pies, Prince's Pies. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there there were a ton of pie places that were open before us. 
I think that what we all saw was that this was a delicious part of Australian culinary heritage that really wasn't being exploited the same way as like American culinary heritage is here, like burgers. Oh, sorry, carry on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and burgers, barbecue, hot dogs. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's been slammed. Yeah. And and we've gone through we've gone through a few crazes, but we haven't really that cultural cringe of Australia seems to still be alive and well, definitely in the food industry. At a high end, yeah, we we, we cook kangaroo with lemon myrtle and wattle seed. But at a at a fast faster food level where we're not embracing what those those nostalgic um, pulls that we, that we have. It's like I don't know why why somebody hasn't brought back Sunny Boys as a like not as a not as an actual brand, but like as a snack somewhere. Yeah, as, as a, a as like this, this as a frozen, frozen ice delivery system. Yeah. it's it's novel, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. If you're sitting in a hot beer garden, sort of like today, and someone turns up with a bunch of Sunny Boys. Yeah, you go. Yeah, I'll spend fifty cents. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Do maybe that was the problem. Yeah, yeah. Ten dollars now. <laughs> I, I don't do any. Um, Sweet treats, ice creams, icy poles at all. But if someone offered me a Sunny Boy, yeah, straight away, absolutely, straight away, absolutely, yeah. Okay, yeah, we were doing free Zuba uh, next door. Yeah, so great, nice. <laughs> on the last pilot question, and this is a personal one. Uh, Where are you delivering pies to in Preston? Oh, James Shade Winery. Hell yes, oh, that really? could not be closer to my house. Yeah. yeah. How far are they off opening? <laughs> oh, they've opened. They've opened. They? Yeah, 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 like yeah. a month ago, right? Yeah, no, no, no. They're 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 open. They're they're doing the urban winery thing. Great. Um. Yep. Shout that's out to Gary Mills. That might be legend. Two and a half minute walk from my house. I didn't yeah. know your pies were there. That's great. Yeah. yeah that's oh. It's it's so. I can't wait to text my girlfriend. It's going to be break next. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be like. Going, oh yeah, I'll just go to Jam Sheet, drink wine that I could probably drink at home, eat a pie that I could drink at home. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's worth it. Oh, look, their, their setup there is wonderful. I really love it. They've got two glorious dogs running around. Oh, it's just nice to. Can, like, we are probably getting to our time limit, but we do need to probably talk about the elephant in the room, which is the dogs. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you hit national media. I did. I Tell did. us. Um, I mean, for all we, the we, good we, it's done. We don't need we don't need to recap, but basically, you were caught up in the dogs and bars. I wasn't caught up. I think I was it. Okay, you were. Um, um, you like nobody else seemed to have put their foot down as much as I did. And this was a very dog friendly bar. There's every time you walk in, there's a, a dog. Yeah, no, we had we had dog without issue for almost three years. We had dogs inside our bar, not inside the not workout area. Yeah, they weren't. Yeah, they weren't pulling pints, but inside the customer area, anywhere customers could go, dogs could go. For almost three years, without incident, um, we were advertised on the council website. The, f- the photo that was on the council website was of two dogs sitting inside our bar, promoting our bar as a dog-friendly. It was like friendly. the best dog-friendly bars in Footscray. Yeah, yeah there was like four of us. Um, yeah. <laughs> Little Foot were annoyed that they weren't part of that. Yeah, they're no, like, I bet they're happy now. And then after <laughs> they're like, oh, we're so relieved. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, basically, what I've done is make it super safe for every other bar in Footscray to have dogs inside because the council aren't going to crack down on it unless it's me. Mm. So where is that? Um, and people can probably read the stories, so but we don't need to, to yeah, rehash yeah. it all. 
because um, there were talks of changing or hopefully changing the decision. Yeah, yes. well, look, what, what I we've we've gone a long way down the road with it. Um, so we started at a council level, and council washed their hands of it and said, no, it's a state law. And so we went to Katie Hall, who's our local member, who uh, has been wonderful, super helpful. Um, and she looked into it and went to our state health minister, and they went, well, actually, no, it's a federal issue. And so we went to a federal level, which is Tim Watts, who's our local federal member. And he would pop in for a beer every now and then, wouldn't he? Uh, well, he has now. Okay. He, <laughs> <laughs> he does drink at Chips Loft a lot because he, uh, oh, he likes watching basketball. basketball. Fan, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he, um, Footscray, uh, man. It's a community. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Uh, he definitely buys pies. <laughs> <laughs> and so does Katie. They're, they're, they're good supporters. Um, but, uh, no, so, so Tim came and had a chat and he had looked into it and his office had looked into it and it turns out it's super complicated so the the food act is actually an international treaty between australia and new zealand food standards act of australia and new zealand fsanza yeah yeah um which is determined by an independent board of experts so not a political board uh who meet infrequently so to change the law, you have to write a letter to them uh, and appeal your case, and then they will look at it as experts. Uh, so that that's that's basically where we're at. I kind of felt like I fast forwarded that. No, but, that's, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's kind of it's kind of where we're at. Tim, uh, uh, well, he said that he's advocated on our behalf and written a letter. I hope he has. Uh, and they, according to another bar owner who's um, undergoing the same thing in a different council district, uh, they convene in April. So, yeah, we'll... Um, but but uh, something Tim did say about it was... I'm going to get the names wrong, but he he uh, asked the, like, the library of... Uh, library of Canberra laws, you know, the, for the stuff, and they, they're used to all sorts of requests of information. Uh, and he said he'd never seen them write. Uh, just as a side note, this is quite complicated. <laughs> for for the, the law peoples. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's 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 very tangled, apparently. Mm. They're changing what should be a pretty simple thing. I mean, it hasn't been changed. It was, it was agreed upon in 1984. Um... Hey, it's very Orwellian now with the... Yeah, exactly. the, the <laughs> we all get it. Um, yeah. what, what's, the, what's the line? What's the line? Yeah, like why are some venues able to do it and some aren't? Or is that what makes it complicated? No, no, that's not what's making it complicated. Uh, some venues do it like I did because they were getting away with it because council didn't come down on them. So is it prohibited for every venue? Yeah. Yeah. I see. The, those, those venues that you see the, dogs inside, if the, the, the council so chose... If they if they so felt, they could come down on them, right? Which the Maribyrnong City Council have done for me. So does a roof maketh inside? Is that what the? Uh, look, there are there are beer garden laws about it being mainly open and that, that sort of stuff, but that's um, that's not the that's not the root of the problem. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's kind of a is it? It's my understanding that if you're deemed to be serving food, but then 
The problem, the, the problem with the idea of food, food is that yeah, in the Food Act of 1984, uh, liquids are considered food. Yeah, yeah. It was the Tobacco Act of 2005? They're two. not. They're not. No. And that's the weird thing, like you know, the, the smoking confusion. Yeah, you can smoke and have a beer, but you can't. You can smoke and have a beer on a dock. Yeah. You can't. <laughs> you can smoke and have a beer. You can't have a dog and a beer. No. But Inside. but. Outside, you can have a dog and a pizza, but you can't have a cigarette and a pizza. Yeah, yeah, no, it's stupid. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a really fun Venn diagram graph in that, I'm sure. Yeah, worked that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, just quickly, uh, the cocktail bar is that opening? When does that open? And uh, it shouldn't be too long. Uh, my standing at council is not great, so okay. <laughs> 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 It uh, it'll open when it opens, but uh, we're pretty pretty ready to go. Hopefully, um, look if 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 I'm not hamstrung, then it should be open by the end of the month, which cool. is February, 2020. Thank you for yeah. dating it for a yeah. while. Is this your third podcast? Or have you done podcast? Before? No, it's the first one. Yeah. I've listened to a lot. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm a I'm a real like a back catalogue listener. Yeah, right. So, so you, yeah. <laughs> Um, so the person that you're working with, Chad Parkhill, written a book about cocktails. around the world in eighty cocktails. Yeah, available at all all good bookstores and any place you get books. Some bad ones as well, I'm sure. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, yeah, no. He, so that's um, going to go behind Pie Thief. Behind Pie Thief, yeah, yeah. Uh, so when Pie Thief shut, there's a those frequenting Pie Thief may not have noticed it, but there's a sliding door that will close off Pie Thief and uh, open up a, a corridor down to uh, Trouble in Dreams. Uh, just a 25-seater, very different to Josephine. Carpeted, lovely wines, lovely cocktails. Somewhere where you'd um, go on a like a fancy night out. Sounds great. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I like cocktails. So do I. Chad makes good ones. Yeah, he's written a book. <laughs> <laughs> he's written a book about it. <laughs> um, just conscious we are probably going to go pretty long. Um, I apologise. No, okay, you so do not I have to. I think anyone cares about long. Time. I'm also kind of running on battery right, as well. Right, okay. That's the real <laughs> issue. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. Um, Dave, do you have any more questions? No, I don't. No, oh, cool. I got all my pie questions out of the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to give a shout out to another pie place, not in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, in Burley. Think fuck. Gold Coast uh, <laughs> Pie Pie. I, I was up for the Stonewood Invitational. Oh, lovely. I took a walk. Like I got there and took a walk around the block and went past, like literally on the block I was staying, Pie Pie. I'm like, I think they might make good pies. Pie Pie. And they're doing... Great name. It's a really similar... Approach to pies is, is what you you do here. Yeah. There's some really fascinating, like fun yeah. ones, pies of the week. Yeah, but they do two pies when they open. I think seven a.m. to ten for breakfast. Yeah, and they do a breakfast pie, which is it's bacon and egg, brisket for some reason Amazing. on the bottom, and then two little hash browns spiked in the top. Oh my goodness! And it was really good. <laughs> like, and like it was kind of cool seeing. You know, we talked about the trends of pies and seeing what you're doing, mm. and then. About that time, I was. You know, mm. It would have been probably six months ago. I was like, "Oh well, yeah." There's a place on the Gold Coast. They also do poker bowls because everywhere does bowls yeah. in the Gold Coast. Yeah, they love bowls. Well, it's like the Florida of Australia. Yeah, so put, it, put it put it in the, the bowl. Yeah. 
just quickly, one more pie related thing. Uh, <laughs> the social media, your shop front is really colorful and you've got an active social media. Has that been great for the, for the brand? Um, yeah, it's been helpful. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely been helpful. Um, it was, again, I, I, I just, I, I'm not into the white wall Edison light bulb vibe sure. of, of Melbourne cafe culture of the last 10 years. Uh, and so each venue I've opened has had little to no white in it. That, that was the, the kind of MO. Um, yeah, our walls are incredibly Instagrammable. Uh, that's been very helpful. But I just wanted it to be colourful and fun. Um, I, I always knew I wanted a mascot. I'm not entirely, I don't have an intelligible reason why. I just knew I wanted one. And we've got a really cute uh, monster that was created by Matt Hobson. Uh, who uh, also also uh, helps run Josephine? Um, but yeah, no, it it has helped. It's it's definitely got the out of town crowd definitely. in. Definitely, yeah. I think it's one of those things where people bookmark that and go like people you it's, mentioned that yeah. are coming from a different yeah. different part of the yeah. state or whatever to mm, come it's, there. Yeah. It's pretty, and 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 that that sort of stuff kind of snowballs into like broadsheet being around you and you, you know you're doing you do, you do you do something for them and did i write that story what? yeah i did the pie thief one. yeah you wrote yeah, pie yeah. Thief. Yeah, yeah yeah but yeah they're, they're photos that come out of that yeah, yeah. sure yeah because also and, like and, and like the follow-up stuff that broadsheet have, uh, have done as as well what have they done um well they invited us to their bushfire relief uh, oh, awesome. picnic the ngv um which was a, a charity thing for the the uh, bushfires um which of course we, we were going to be around. Um, that was something that both businesses, uh, I tried to get behind as much as possible. You were pretty quick off the mark in terms of fundraising. Oh, fuck, man. Like the, the, in, these, in a good way. I'm these, not saying that These it's a bad people thing. have lost their, li- their, yeah. their livelihoods, their homes. It's, it's, it's pretty screwed up. Mm. Like, and so, you know, anything we could do to help because we're all in it together and small business is so hard mm. and that's what gets hit with these things and you look at you look at big businesses response and you go well, guys what are you doing you know comparatively yeah yeah really. yeah yeah um so yeah we, we we tried to do what we could and and um obviously obviously we're going to say yes to any any sort of um uh charity event f- for that um but yeah so, so so we said yes to that but but that <laughs> i mean Rather cynically, that also kind of snowballed into us working the Grand Prix. So we're we're going to do the Grand Prix with Broadsheet. Okay. They've got a they've got a lane, the Broadsheet Diner, where uh, one of one of four businesses doing. God damn! Of course they do doing that. Yeah, <laughs> of course it's a laneway. Um, uh, yeah, with uh, Kenny Lover, uh, Fish Bowl, and Easy's Burgers. Yeah, and us, um, and then. From that, also, we're doing an event with Melbourne Food and Wine Festival the week after at Queen Vic Market. We've got a pop-up there on Saturday, the 21st of March, um, which is all from just us being colourful and fun and mm. saying yes to things. Marketing or branding is probably... Yeah, the, yeah. You know, making a nice thing in that, that I'll tell white. you something about branding that's um, maybe going to... Here I we go. Here's a, it, I, this is going to be a hot take. <laughs> it is a hot take. It's just me being bitter. Uh, when, when you have a brand, 
any sort of brand in hospitality. The PR and social media experts and any sort of job title you can think of that revolves around marketing start to circle like vultures and try to pick the eyes out of you. And for, for the low, low cost of whatever it is, we'll make your business whatever. And I've seen good friends who, who are struggling, they spend all this money on, on social media and it gets them nowhere. Because at the end of the day, you just need to have a compelling product. It's like, you, you wrote, Luke, you wrote our article for Bar Josephine for Broadsheet mm. and you wrote our article for Pythief for Broadsheet. For Bar Josephine, your, the article came out, we saw no noticeable bump because we're a locals bar. Mm. And we're not the sort of business that benefits really from Broadsheet. Pythief, on the other hand, definitely benefits <laughs> <laughs> from Broadsheet. It's, it's amazing. Um, I, so I think my most read article of all time would be Holy Moly. Right. The golf mini yeah, golf yeah, bar, yeah. which is Instagram. It's, you know, Instagram and yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's that market. And I remember chatting to Phrase from Outgang Bar, and I wrote a story about them when they opened. And the story was, I think, published the Thursday before Easter weekend. So buried. And I think he's like, yeah, no, it's great. You know, one person came in and said, <laughs> and I was like, oh, like yeah. I'm, I, I actually really feel bad because if that had a win up Wednesday on a normal week, yeah. then come Friday, they would have got, I don't know, a dozen more customers. Yeah. Holy moly, yeah. that got, I think, excess of a thousand shares. Yeah. 3,000 comments. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's huge. Yeah. Um, but it's also the product. Like yeah. It, it's, it's not as... Broadsheet is wonderful. Mm. I think I think it's a really important part of, of the, <laughs> the Melbourne hospitality culture. I also think that it's it's tremendous because I've never paid them any money. They People think there is a lot of payment pay for co- pay for stories. Yeah, and I think even when I approached you and you said, "How much like, is this going to cost?" Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to come and talk to you. Yeah, <laughs> not um, but, but but that's what I love about Broadsheet as opposed to all these other uh, people that have gone to RMIT and come out with a media degree and they think they can run an Instagram account. I don't care how many followers I have. I I care how many people I have through the door. And Bar Josephine's Instagram is kind of pathetic. Like, we've got a couple of thousand followers, but we've got a lot of engagement. And, And that's... And, like, the people that engage are the ones coming in so I don't I don't care that we don't have a 100,000 followers I care that we have 2,000 and that at least 200 of them are actively engaging and coming in and, and supporting the product like I, f- I follow a lot of lot of like pretty accounts that I like the shit out of um, that I'll, I'll not go to like I, f- I follow milk bar in New York which like I love their stuff, and they've got like a million followers. But like, yeah, I was I went there six years ago. <laughs> I'm still liking their stuff. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not helping their. I'm not. I'm not helping their bottom line. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think broadsheets. Uh, I'm big fan of broadsheet. Uh, I think they do a tremendous job keeping everybody 
engaged and in the loop. Mm. Um, and yeah, and like I, I get that they do cash for cash for comment sort of sort of stuff and like like articles that are sponsored by James Squire mm. or or whatever the the particular Amex or you know the James Squire ones that I did certainly paid the most. Yeah, um, yeah, but it was, it was always they are bag. they are also clearly labelled. Yeah, and it's mixed bag. Sometimes they'd, they'd send me like six article ideas. Mm. They'd say, "Can you do any of these?" And I'd pick the ones that didn't explicitly have to include James Squire right. um, or Lion Products, right. and it was great. I, yeah. got pa- I got paid. I got to talk about other small business, yeah. which is why I love you yeah. know, doing this. Um, and then James Squire has to put the bill. Great. Yeah. yeah. But there are some terrible ones in there well, that are sponsored. You know, that are yeah. clearly sponsored. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And, and some of those some of those are fine. There was one by a competitor, by Concrete Playground, that had Jane Lewis from Two Birds going around to local businesses. And it by the end of it, I, I realised it was sponsored by Amex. So it was like, oh, these are Amex venues. But they're all small businesses. Mm. Like, it wasn't... There was no... The only... Like, for Amex to pay for that, it was like, that's fine. Mm. No, the only people benefiting from this are small businesses who, you know, don't make a lot of money. So small businesses don't make a lot of money. And Amex really needs to advertise who the fuck takes Amex. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. These are Amex businesses. What? <laughs> do, you take, do you take Amex? Of yeah. course not. <laughs> no one does. <laughs> uh, Amex, we're going to keep talking trash about you to our small audience unless you give us some money. <laughs> Amex. This could be an Amex taking business. <laughs> uh, do you take Amex? Uh, yes. <laughs> Where, um, oh. If, oh. if people want to come and spend their money on Amex or any other major card, uh, yeah, come here. Uh, where, where are you and what are your social medias? Uh, Bar Josephine, 295 Barclay Street, Footscray. Pie Thief, 297 Barclay Street, Footscray. Trouble in Dreams, 297 Behind Pie Thief, Barclay Street, Footscray. Uh, our social media is at Bar Josephine. I think it's at Bar Josephine 295, but I, I can't remember. <laughs> oh, I um, just had it up then. <laughs> uh, and then we got tagged. And then and it's uh, away, but. At, at Pie Thief Pies. And uh, Troubling Dreams doesn't yet have an Instagram handle, but uh, all three businesses can be found on Facebook. Great. By, so at, at by Josephine on Instagram. I believe so. Yeah, they yeah. Just, just brought it up. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, it w- it's, it's interesting, um, the, the two platforms, well, I don't use Twitter, uh, so the two platforms for me, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Facebook, Josephine does very well. Uh, Instagram, PyThief does very well. Uh, I think that that kind of speaks to <laughs> to the differences those two those two businesses are. Um, yeah, Pie Thief eclipsed Josephine within a couple of months on Insta, but uh, no. is w- lagging well behind on Facebook. That's interesting. Yeah, that's probably we could explore that again. But yeah, there's a little demographic thing for you. Um, <laughs> Dave, where do people find you? Uh, at Melb Dave on Twitter, that's it. How about you? Uh, you've quit everything, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, at Isle of a Time Everywhere. Um, Hypothetical Institute, tune in. The last episode we did was great about the Y2K bug. Nice. Still feeling it. Still There's a story about potato top pies in there. <laughs> so a little crossover stuff. Uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks Thank a you lot. So much. Yeah. No worries at all. Yeah, yeah, I hope it wasn't too shit. <laughs> Good way to that's end. how.